Welcome to Relatable. This is your host, Teresa Freeman. Today, we are joined by Kara Winslow, actress and makeup artist extraordinaire. You can't help but feel energized after listening to this interview. Kara provides a window into a unique profession and shares how a side hustle turns into a passion and ultimately owning her own successful business. She reflects on both successes and mistakes that have shaped who she is today, and we get to benefit from her transparency. Hope you enjoy this episode. I just want to thank you so much for your time today. I'm excited to talk with you and hear more about your story. Um, just to tee this up, we met uh, at, recently um, when we were both working with CompTIA on their video shoot, and yeah. you were the makeup artist for that video shoot, and um, we bonded right away. And then I was, <laughs> and I was like, she has such a cool story. I think this would be great for people to hear. And I think you have an interesting job and interesting background. So I love that um, it's going to be a unique story that I think people will really appreciate. Uh, so Kara, thank you for joining. Maybe just tell us a little bit about um, yourself and maybe just start because you are a makeup artist and that, as I mentioned, is somewhat unusual. But tell me a little bit about um, your role and your business. And then maybe after that, we'll kind of backtrack a little and talk about the, the beginnings of that. Yes. Um, well, like you said, I am an on-location freelance makeup artist, which sounds super weird, did not know it was a real job, had no idea this is what I was going to be doing with my life, um, but the universe kind of directed me to it, and it's amazing because every single day is completely different. I get to work with different people every day. Um, I'm in different situations. So today I was working with a bunch of high school seniors, getting them ready for their high school yearbook photos. Yeah. Um, and this weekend I was working with people who were doing like baby announcement photos. And then one day I'll be on set working with people. And the next day I'm doing something completely different. Um, so I literally every day have no idea what I'm going to be doing. And I may get a call last minute where I literally have to drop everything because all of a sudden I have to be in the studio to work with someone who's going to appear on CNN or something like that. Um, so it's a super bizarre job, but it is beyond amazing, <laughs> and I love what I do. <laughs> uh, good. Well, uh, that's awesome. And I feel like um, that variety and being able to uh, flex to all those different situations. When you talked about the baby one, I'm the baby's not getting makeup, right? <laughs> It's no, no. She was a, a mom who was pregnant and making her announcement that she oh, was, was, was the baby reveal. Like, the, oh. we're gonna have a baby, and I want to look like I'm sleeping. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny! And like, oh, I would think as you're getting into this, like, who did you even know there were so many opportunities where people no. wanted makeup, right, for a professional no. photo or to be on camera? I had zero clues. So when I was growing up, there wasn't social media, there wasn't reality TV, there wasn't anything like that that made makeup so accessible and getting a makeup artist normal. Um, that was not something that was around. Um, so it just 
when I started, I thought the only job you could have doing makeup was working at a kiosk in the mall, which I didn't want to do, right. or you had to be in New York, LA, Miami, something like that, working in the film industry specifically, which my background was theater, film, and television. But again, I was based in Gainesville, Florida, so I didn't see how I could possibly make a job out of doing this um, or that it was a job. Uh, so it, it was really eye-opening to me when suddenly I'm getting calls for literally everything under the moon. Like someone will be getting their ID photo for their name badge at work <laughs> and will call me because they're like, I'm stuck with that photo forever and it's like on my chest. Oh so like, my gosh. My makeup. So I literally, like I get the spectrum of like extremely high end, high production to like, I need my ID photo to not look horrible. Wow, that's so interesting. So <laughs> tell me a little bit about like your background. So where did you grow up and you know what that was that experience like? Yeah, so I grew up in Gainesville, Florida, um, which is a college town, University of Florida. That's sort of what we're known for here. Um, and I grew up with two hippie parents who were not really pink in makeup and sparkles at all. Um, and I came out of the womb pink and sparkly and loving makeup, and they did not really know what to do with me. Um, but I knew by an early age I wanted to be probably like an actress or something like that. I loved being on stage. I loved being in front of the camera. Uh, my parents were very supportive of that. Uh, so when I left for college, I went to Rollins, which is in Winter Park, Florida, right by Orlando, and I studied theater. Um, I worked at an amazing uh, theater festival one summer called Williamstown Theater Festival, which we won the Tony Award that year, actually, for Best Regional Theater. I got into stage management. I got into directing. Um, so I just, I loved that world, and I thought that's what I was going to be doing forever. Uh, when I graduated from college, I had no money. Um, I had nothing, so I moved back in with my parents the way one does when you are 22 and have no idea what you're doing with your life. Um, they say you're going to be prepared. You're really not. Right. You're not. Um, so I moved back home, and I started doing odd jobs in theater, mostly teaching. Uh, I eventually ended up at what I thought was my dream job. I, my entire life, wanted to work at this one theater and wanted to turn it into a Tony Award-winning regional theater like Williamstown. And unfortunately, that dream was actually a nightmare. Um, it was an extremely toxic, miserable work environment. I was making no money. Um, I was literally having to live like basically in the hood and I was protected by a drug dealer. Um, <laughs> and it was pretty <laughs> horrific. It was bad. Like, I don't mean to laugh at your misfortune. Yeah, it's just the no. way that you're describing it. <laughs> it was fascinating. Um, it was one of those things like I'm really glad I lived through it because now I can feel really blessed for where I am. Um, but it was bad. Um, so I... Uh, all this stuff just sort of ended up happening and I was able to quit that job and become a full-time makeup artist but only because the universe basically gave it to me um it was a very unexpected life change for the time that you were in that job that you thought was your dream job how long were you in that role for I worked at that theater for five and a half years um I went from teaching at-risk youth, um, issue-based improv, where I taught mostly sex ed through improv, uh, to then becoming their director of development, where I was in charge of fundraising through sponsorships and um, individual donors and planning their in-house special events. Um, and what made that very hard is I knew that uh, the money wasn't being used properly. Um, and I was put into some very unethical sort of situations and that made it really very, very challenging for me to continue to go to work every day without crying and, you know, uh, it was miserable. 
So how did you, like, did you go through, um, was it sort of an existential crisis in the sense that like this was, you, you thought like your utopia and then how did you work yourself out of that and how did you make the decision to leave? Well, it was, it was really hard um, because every day I would literally cry. I would puke on my way to work. Ooh. I was miserable. Um, it was just insanely toxic. Um, and I didn't know what to do because it was my dream and everyone was like, this is where you're supposed to be. This is what you're supposed to be doing. And I was like, yeah, you guys have no idea what's actually happening. Yeah. Um, it was really bad. Um, and so I had an opportunity. I was cast in a film uh, while I was working there, a very small film. My main job was to scream and die on camera. Like that was pretty much all I did. Um, <laughs> but for days into filming, the makeup artist stopped showing up. So I jumped in and helped. I didn't think anything of it. Um, Lo and behold, they ended up referring me to MTV uh, to work on a axe commercial that was being filmed in town as the makeup artist. And I didn't think that was going to turn into anything. Um, it was a one-time weird blip on my resume. But I also at about the same time got cast as a spokesmodel on Home Shopping Network as a cosmetic spokesmodel. Um, so I was going on TV and demoing makeup and things kept snowballing and the city of Gainesville actually called to inform me that I owed them money for a business license um, because Apparently, I started a business without meaning to. I had no clue I'd started a business, um, but I had learned early in my career um, to go through any door that was open for me. Um, that's why I took the MTV gig. That's why I jumped in with the makeup. That's why when they said you opened a business, I said, "Okay, cool. Let's figure this out." <laughs> uh, so I, I did, and I started focusing on it. And any minute that I wasn't at my normal job. I was working on that. And so when it hit a breaking point and it hit a hardcore breaking point, um, I was literally, uh, my bosses were setting me up to fail constantly. And it was one of those things where it, I, I broke down and I said something I shouldn't have said it happened to be when my boss walked by, she pulled me back into her office and went off on me for 45 minutes. And it was so loud and so aggressive that literally all the other employees on that floor heard it and were waiting for me at the door to escort me out of the building to get me to basically safety. Um, and at that moment I went to that little business I supposedly started. Let's, let's make that for real. Um, and I took the next week off from work and I met with a whole bunch of people in the wedding industry and other things and said, will you guys back me? Will you support me? Um, and when I got back to work, I handed in my two week notice and I had nothing. I had no money in my bank account, literally $0, no savings. My credit cards were maxed out. And I just quit my job and said, I'm going to be a makeup artist now. Um, and it was really scary. I thought I was going to be homeless. And if anyone's met me, I would not make a good homeless person um, <laughs> at all. Um, <laughs> so I, it was a hustle. Yeah. So I had that. I had no spouse. I had no family with money. Like it was, you make this work or you will be homeless. Um, and so I hustled. And, and I hustled with time. Did you, um, in terms of getting the gigs that you did get, did you have an agent or how did that happen in terms of you getting booked on MTV and with the Home Shopping yeah. Network? How did you? For my acting and modeling, I had an agent. Um, I, Florida's a right to work state, so I was actually signed with three different agencies here. Um, and I worked with one the most often and they were the ones who booked me the HSN gig. 
Um, and that was a crazy situation because that first show that I did with the cosmetics line, I actually was going to lose money doing it, but my gut said, do it anyways. Mm. Um, and so I ended up being with that brand in one way or another for 10 years. But yeah, so I had an agent hook me up with that one. The film project, I actually did not have an agent for. I did that freelance. Um, and then all the makeup has been on my own and that's just been a hustle and a grind to get those jobs myself. So then when you get to the Home Shopping Network, that was really, like you had started your own business at that time. And so was Not that, yet. oh, you hadn't. Yeah. Okay, so did started, you? Yeah, they actually sort of helped me start my business. Uh, I was very fortunate that the head of the cosmetics line, the face of the brand, she was super supportive of women entrepreneurs. Um, and so she sort of guided me for my first, my first few years um, on HSN, I was still working my you know nightmare of a job and she was one of the people that said you need to get out of there um it's sort of killing your soul and she sort of helped sponsor me initially um as a makeup artist helped me get a lot of my supplies um and things like that so that i could afford to do it because uh, she knew how absolutely broke i was um and she really took care of me and then um when it became official that I was going to do this full time, she actually named me the official USA makeup artist for the brand. Um, and I stayed with the brand additional years because of that. Um, so she really helped me and made sure that I sort of had a path to go down. And what do you think um, inspired her to invest in you? What were some of the things that contributed to that? So I, from years of training in theater, I learned that you are a small cog in the production of whatever you're working on in life. Um, and that just because someone says to you, this is your job, that doesn't mean that's the only thing you do. Um, so when I was on set with them, I would jump in and do anything that needed to be done. Um, I wasn't just the model. I didn't just show up, put my makeup on, talk on camera and leave. I would help. You need help carrying something to set. You need help getting something prepared to go on set. You need to have someone help you pack stuff up. I'm going to jump in and do it. And I'm not doing it to, you know, as they say, kiss ass. That's not what this is about. For me, it was just automatic to jump in and volunteer and help because um, I wanted to see the whole production go well. And so I had done that from day one with working with her. And I think she saw that there was a drive in me and a desire to, to really – to make things happen. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that's why um, I stayed with the brand longer than anyone else. Um, I was the only person that was with a brand besides the face of the company uh, for 10 years. Um, and I think that that was because I did jump in and volunteer. Yeah. I helped wherever I could. It wasn't about me. It wasn't about my ego. It was about what was best for the brand and making it successful. It's interesting. We talked to someone else that um, works in radio broadcasting, yeah. and he talked a lot about his early days of that exact same thing, like the idea that you'll work hard and stay late and be the person that's available when no one else is. And there's a lot that can come from, from doing that, from being that person. Yes. I think people spot that as someone who... There's something related to that around trust, right? I'm going to trust this person yeah. because they're available and they're being proactive and they'll do anything. Exactly. Yeah. And when you're around those extra hours, you become, you're there, you're, yeah. you're visible. Um, and it, it allows them to give you opportunities that, that wouldn't get otherwise just because you happen to be there. Right. Um, so, you know, doors have opened because I happen to be there. Um, and then I, you know, walk through the door. Um, but I think, you know, that, that visibility, that, that trust level, that all of that is 
so important in whatever it is you decide to do because you don't know where that's going to lead. You know, I didn't know that staying and helping and doing all these things was going to lead to me not being only a spokesmodel, but the official USA make artist, but I was the one there. I think the other thing that's interesting as I'm listening to you talk is that you had a vision of you wanted to be an actress, you wanted to be in film, you wanted to be in theater, and then these circumstances produced other opportunities and you were open to where that was going to take you. And so... I think that's such an important life lesson that it it may not be exactly the way that you think. And we talked to another woman, Beth, who similarly thought she wanted to be in radio or in um, like on CNN and television broadcasting and realized ultimately public relations and a creative agency was really like what spoke to her heart. So how did you like, given that that was your path, but then you had this detour, did you find that you actually found joy and strength and like, you know, felt energized when you were doing the work with makeup? Yeah. And it was one of those things I early on in my career made a huge, huge mistake um, that I didn't realize for literally years later. Um, When I was working at Williamstown Theater Festival, I was working with um, an actress named Lauren Graham, who was on a little show called Gilmore Girls at the time. Um, <laughs> just a tiny show. Just a tiny, tiny little thing. But the thing was, is I was 20. Uh, I was there as a stage manager because, again, I thought I was going to college for acting, and then I fell into stage management. Um, but I did act. Um, and I was working with her, and I'd never seen the show. It was some teeny bopper BS, and I was in college, and way too cool for that. Um, <laughs> so she kept asking me if I was an actress, and I was like, lady, like, I'm helping you run lines. Like, I'm your stage manager. Why are you asking me if I'm here as an actress? Like, clearly I'm not. Like, I was an actress, though. I just wasn't there at that moment as an actress. Right. And she kept asking me all summer and I just thought the woman was nuts. I couldn't figure out why she kept asking me this. Um, years later, I'm working a job in a preschool and this lady comes up to me, she's a nanny, and she says, you need to watch the show. And I did. And it turned out that the season that was filmed after the summer, I had worked with her, all of Rory's friends were people I'd worked with at Williamstown. And I went, oh, oh crap. Mm. If I had said yes, where would I be today? So that moment made me realize that anytime someone offered me an opportunity, I need to say yes, whether I knew what I was doing or not. I could right. figure it out later. So when MTV called me and said, we want you to be, you know, head stylist for this Axe commercial, can you put together a styling team yourself as a makeup artist? I had no clue what I was doing. Literally zero clue what I was doing. <laughs> but I quickly did some research and I quickly figured out what I needed to do. Um, and I showed up and I showed up prepared and I showed up engaged and I jumped in and helped and I was on the ball and then the next thing I knew suddenly it became a career and to be honest I enjoy it more than a lot of what I thought I was going to enjoy when I was also at Williamstown I got to see what celebrity really was Mm. Um, I got to see how unnerving that was Um, I was actually working with one of the actresses that was being stalked by Harvey Weinstein at the time Um, and I got to see all of that. I mm. got to see how you lose your own life. And I realized that that wasn't what I wanted. Um, so I think that this opportunity, even though I didn't know it was a real job, has given me sort of the best of both worlds. Right, uh, right. I get to still work in industry, which is what I love. Um, I get to make f- women feel beautiful. Um, it's an opportunity I didn't know was there, and yet it's turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah, that's so awesome. And that fact that you're able to 
I think see um, sort of opportunity and be able to be resilient. And, and when you talk about like your ability to be resourceful or figure things out, um, where does that come from? Like, is that something that your parents modeled or is that something that you just evolved on your own? Like you sound like you're kind of scrappy and like you'll like figure stuff out. So like, where does that come from? So I, I think some of it is just inherent. It's just yeah. in me. I think some of that is also from theater training. Um, you know, you learn in theater, the show must go on. No matter yeah. what, the show must go on. Um, and anyone who watches something like Project um, Project Runway and you hear Tom Gunn say, you know, make it work. Basically, that's what has been my life motto from day one is the show must go on, make it work, do what you got to do. Um, when I was a stage manager in theater, we had everything in its mother happen um, during a live <laughs> performance and you make it work. Right. You figure out what to do when the prop breaks on stage, when the window falls out in the middle of the show, <laughs> uh, you know, when the light cues don't work, uh, when the actor forgets their line, when the costume falls apart. I mean, you figure it out. Um, and so I think a lot of that resourcefulness came from doing that. Um, but resourcefulness has been what sort of gotten me through. Yeah. Um, always make it work. Always hustle and grind and figure it out. Um, because that's that's how you make things happen. Um, if you do things the same way, you know, you're never going to actually achieve anything. Um, I've always been resourceful. Excellent. Um, so tell me a little bit about the Home Shopping Network. What was that like working there? And what's interesting, I, I heard, so you were finishing your other job that you were miserable in. So you almost had like two or three jobs at one time. Is that I did. right? Like, so, yeah. um, so you were finishing that job. And, and that's the other thing I think is important to call out because I, I think it's hard for people that are less experienced or just figuring this out. Sometimes people don't always realize that to be in the grind or to sacrifice or to be kind of not realizing your dream in the moment, but that you have to straddle a few different opportunities or different things that are happening in order to get to that next step. So the fact that you were, knew you were unhappy, then this other opportunity came to you and you still persevered and kept all of them at the same time. I think that says a lot about kind of sticking through it to get towards a better outcome. Um, tell me about that transition and when you decided to stay with Home Shopping Network. And was that like you were then an employee of the Home Shopping Network? Were you an employee of the makeup company or were you still, was that the, really the start of your own business? So it's kind of a complicated thing. I The way HSN works is the vendor requests the model they go to your then HSN goes to your agent and then your agent is the one who you actually work for so technically initially I was just working for my agent who had been hired by HSN who was hired by the vendor um, so it was this weird multi-step process um, when I stuck with a brand and I got promoted to not just spokesmodel but official USA makeup artist then I also worked directly for that actual vendor oh, I um, see. which was amazing back when I was working my full-time job in Gainesville HSN was in Clearwater which meant I was literally driving two and a half hours each way to get to the studio I was using my vacation time at my real job um, instead of using that for actual vacation so I never took an actual wow. vacation vacation in five and a half years because I was using that time to go be on TV and the ironic thing about that 
was that my employer was mad at me for doing that. Mm. Um, not that I wasn't using vacation time, but he, they didn't like that I was doing Home Shopping Network, which being that it was a professional theater, you would think that they would appreciate their employee being on live national television, but they took it as some sort of threat. Um, so that became a, a weird, interesting dilemma that I was working with because I was like, yo, it's my vacation time. You don't actually get to say how I use it. Uh, but I kept hustling. I kept grinding because to me, I knew that it could lead to something and is exhausting because when you were on set, like there were days at HSN, I'd be awake for 68 hours straight and then drive back and have to go to work at the theater. So that was, you know, I always was juggling 20 things at once because I knew one of those things was going to lead to something. That's amazing. Like, I don't even know. So where did you get that energy? (laughs) Like, how do you find that? Lots of caffeine. Lots of caffeine. It was, I've always been one of those who could go for long extended periods without Mm -hmm. a lot of sleep, um, but then I crash and burn. Um, But for me, I I knew that if I didn't do that, I wasn't going to get where I wanted to. And even now with working in the industry, there are times where I get like two, three hours of sleep if I'm lucky. Um, But that, that's what the grind is because you never know what little thing is going to lead to the next thing. Um, And what little opportunity is going to snowball. And so for me, I didn't want to turn down anything because something was going to work. Something was going to get me out of that horrible job. Something was going to line up and make it all worth it. Right. And that doesn't happen unless you're putting yourself out there. That's the other thing that I think we can all like get stuck in um, whatever rut we're in. And unless you're putting yourself out there in some capacity to change that direction or change your reality, it's not like you can sit in your house and be sad and things will change. Right. right? You have to, yeah, you have to put yourself out there. Um, So then while you were at Home Shopping Network for like 10 years right and so tell me like just a couple of things that you learned from that experience or what are some of the highlights there that really helped informed how you're running your business now it was working at hsn was one of the most interesting jobs ever and i was only working for one specific um vendor so i was only down there when they were down there um but it was fascinating because that is live 24 7 sales yeah like they don't stop Uh, and I learned so many different things about how to do sales how to run a business how to make it work because again that goes back to that theater the show must go on make it work yeah that was live TV Um, we had you know cameras freeze up we had products not work we had you know they would throw something to me on live television and be like do this and I'd be like okay (laughs) cool like I had this mitts that you were supposed to stick in hot water uh, but really hot water and it would take your makeup off so they bring the bowl of water out for me to do it on live national television oh my gosh and it's cold water the product doesn't work on cold water so like I'm like scrubbing (laughs) the skin off of my face and smiling like this is totally normal Um, so that was one of the things I learned is you keep smiling It doesn't matter if everything is like falling apart around you, keep smiling. Um, That is oddly a huge thing in life. Um, But yeah, I mean, I learned how to work on no sleep. I learned how to work with in, you know, a huge variety of personalities. Um, Because when you're working in that type of industry, it is a huge variety of personalities. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to be able to read that. You have to be able to 
go with the flow. Um, learn to improv through any business life situation. Um, because again, like I say, I was doing live TV. They would not tell me when they were going to throw the camera to me. And all of a sudden I had to like talk. I had to like totally talk about this amazing product that someone had just handed me five minutes earlier and I'd never seen before. Um, <laughs> Make it work. Um, you know, so I learned how to make it work like that, how to literally improv through business and life, uh, which when running your own business, you are going to be thrown with stuff nonstop that you did not expect to have happen. When did you decide to leave there? And like what, because that was really the catalyst, right? When you left there that then you were on your own and really no, working towards your own business. I actually stayed with them for the first part of my career. Um, I only just sort of stopped working down there um, at the end of this past calendar year. Um, but they sort of supported me through a lot at the beginning of my career. So I was literally, I would be in Gainesville, drive to Clearwater, do live shows until, you know, all night long, leave there at four in the morning, drive back, do a wedding in Gainesville, drive back to HSN, then stay there and then drive across the state maybe to St. Augustine and do another wedding there. Um, so it was one of the hustles that sort of mm. has kept me going throughout the, the early stages of my business. Um, I only left this past um, calendar year because things, HSN was bought out, my brand was bought out, things had sort of changed, the environment, the culture had changed. And I'm at the point in my career now where if something is super negative, if it's bringing me down instead of elevating me, I now can say no. I can say bye, that is not worth a paycheck. Um, I have fired clients, I fired, you know, when, when that doesn't happen. So it, HSN had gotten to be it used to be the best place I could go, and then it became sort of the most one of a uh, toxic place to go because the buyouts just did not go right. Smooth. So yeah, it's interesting. I think as you're talking, I've listened to a lot of um, podcasts and I've read a lot about entrepreneurship and the side hustle and yeah, people that keep you know a day job or keep some source of income. But then the side hustle becomes the job, but it's that transition of when that, and for you, it seemed like the issue is a little bit forced for you, given that where things ended. And sometimes people are more prepared for that than not. But um, one of the things that I loved about being with you in Florida is that we got to talk a lot about just generally um, for women, um, and maybe you have perspective on men too, but like, um, how do you I feel like you had talked a lot about like women asking you for counsel not just like what kind of or how should I wear makeup but generally just in terms of your brand right and how as as a female whether you're in business or um, you're approaching maybe the end of school and you're starting in the professional wor world or maybe you are an entrepreneur what are some of the things that you've learned about brand and and maybe just talk a little bit about everything you've put into your brand because I think it's one really interesting and also informative as people are kind of working this out for themselves. Yeah. To me, branding is one of the most important things you can do when you have a company. Um, and it's not just your logo. You know, it's not just the Nike swoosh or, you know, the golden arches of McDonald's. It's <laughs> full-blown everything becomes branding my entire life is sort of based around my brand now um, which is crazy and it can kind of take over and makes your personal life a little wonky but with that being said it has created I'm the only 
full-time makeup artist in Gainesville. And there's a reason. And the big, one of the biggest reasons is my branding. Yeah. Um, now, anytime anyone thinks of pink, they think of me. Um, anyone time, anytime anyone thinks of sparkles, they think of me. And that's all because of specific branding I've done. All of my social media is based around what my brand is. Um, I decided early on I didn't want to be thought of as the hired help. So I wanted to create a very luxury type of service and be seen as a peer. Um, so even when I was just starting and I had just quit my job and I had no money and was, you know, living in the hood, um, <laughs> I, I was wearing, you know, I was carrying designer handbags and I was showing up to galas around town um, in evening gowns, but I had no money. So how did I make that happen? I connected with magazines to become their event photographer so that I had to go for work and then in trade got advertising for my company. So they paid me in advertising for me to go to an event where I needed to be seen so I wouldn't be seen as the hired help. And I would invest her in a designer handbag and women respond to that. I then started bringing in the pink. I then started bringing in the sparkle. I will bring freaking edible glitter to put in people's cocktails. Like, that's not normal. I'm not glitter. Like, this is not what I do. Everything. I have has my logo on it. Right. So you were talking about your branding, and one of the things that I thought was awesome um, was because we were there a couple days together, and it, it wasn't until the second day I think that you we were talking more, and you were like, "Yeah, have you have you taken a look in the parking lot?" And then I saw <laughs> your car with like your face plastered on the side, and it is a pink car, and there is glitter like in the like laminate paint, and you were talking about how it was like probably a little uncomfortable putting a huge life-size picture of yourself on your vehicle. <laughs> yeah, just a little. <laughs> um, it looks really narcissistic. But <laughs> um, so back when I was in college, um, my, you know, show of obsession was Sex in the City. Mm -hmm. um, and the opening credits, you see Carrie's face on the side of a bus. Right. Guy. And I remember being like, one day that's going to be me. Uh, and so when I was creating my brand, I kind of based my public persona off of a mix of Carrie Bradshaw and Elle Woods from Legally Blonde. Mm -hmm. uh, so it had been my goal for years to get my face on the side of the vehicle. Um, ah. And I finally reached the point where I could do that. And the brand is all about my face, which is totally disturbing. <laughs> uh, and it's very, very pink and sparkly. Um, and as much as, you know, I'm actually an introvert and I want to, you know, climb under a rock half the time, my face is what sells this brand. Um, right. And so I finally had the chance at the beginning of this year and I got my car wrapped and there is legit a giant picture of my face <laughs> I am laughing at the sky for no reason with my hand in my hair again super normal like that's how everyone stands around hand in their hair laughing at the sky um, but it all fits <laughs> so I think for I always have a picture next to each person's um, like their link you know on my website and oh, yours yeah. has to be a picture of you in your car I've just decided oh, yeah. that no, I need one totally or just yeah or just the car actually because then it's got you on it yeah it does um <laughs> that pose has actually become like my iconic pose now yeah. which i did not mean to have happen i was just featured in a magazine and we did a whole photo shoot and as a joke we did that pose again that's the picture the magazine oh, chose that's so and funny like, you're kidding me yeah. i'm just literally going to be the weird person laughing at the sky with my hand <laughs> in my head this is how you see me now uh, but it's all like the brand is fun and cheerful and you know so that's why it works and why people are drawn to that 
What are some of your, I ask uh, a lot of my guests this question, and I feel like I learned a lot from it in terms of, and I think our listeners do too, because you, I mean, obviously you're a hard worker. I think that's become apparent throughout this conversation in terms of what you're willing to do for that future vision. What are some of the like rituals and habits that you have that you um, have found to help you um, also just kind of maintain your sanity? Like you're going, you know, you're in a very like it's like ups and downs and you know yeah. i mean you're you know further ahead than i am in terms of um your business longevity and i think you know the good times are great and then when it dips it's harder to stay positive and keep motivated but just generally it seems like you're also like just the hard work but what are some of the things that you do that help you um maintain kind of that positive energy and and anything like habits or rituals and and to be honest it's it, it's hard. It's yeah. very hard. Um, I have fought depression and anxiety my whole life, and that makes it even more challenging. Um, and working freelance, it's a total roller coaster because I will go from literally my biggest month in the history of my business to the worst month in the history of my business yeah. back to back. Um, you know, last month was a huge, huge month for me, and this month has been super slow. Yeah. Um, so, how do I keep myself going? Um, I really, in the past couple of years, have realized how important self-help is um, and how important it is to focus on myself in that way. Uh, for a long time, I would just ignore it. Um, I now make sure that I go to yoga. Um, I get weekly therapeutic massages so that I can keep moving and it gives me some, some me time. Yeah. Um, I go to the pool. Everyone's like, you live at the pool. And I'm like, yeah, because it's the only place where I can literally clear my brain. Um, because otherwise my brain goes 24 seven and I have to get it to shut off sometimes. And uh -huh. the pool is the only place that will do that. Um, so I really, in the past, like year and a half, two years really focused on that because if I'm not in a good headspace, my business can't be in a good headspace. Um, and to be honest, the beginning of this, the end of the last calendar year, beginning of this calendar year, some things were going on in my life and it started tail spinning and I started going in a really dark place mm. uh, and it affected my business. Um, and you can see from the numbers, those four months were not good. Right. Um, they were not good at all. And I had to make the realization of, am I going to let the darkness and the bad guy win or am I going to kick that to the curb? and rise above that and keep my business going. Mm -hmm. um, because you have two choices. Right. Um, and you can either succumb, succumb to it or you can kick it to the curb and move forward. And use that those down moments to recognize the blessings you have when you have them. Mm -hmm. um, because of those down moments, because of the bad situations, I realize how insanely blessed I am for every single thing I have. And that even in those down moments, right now, like I say, not a good month. However, that not a good month is still twice, if not more, what it every month was before. Right, right. Um, so, you know, it's being aware of that and constantly focusing on the positive things in life. Don't look at the negatives. And also don't be a victim and don't blame everyone else. Mm -hmm. Look to yourself to find the fix. Never look to anyone else or any outside thing because you're the only one who's gonna bring that happiness and be able to make those adjustments in your life. Did you, do you do any type of meditation or like manifestation of like what you want for your future? Um, yoga helps me with that. Yeah. Um, yoga I do is very meditative. Um, for me, I used to be very like, this is what I want. This is my path. This is how I'm going to get there. And then like the universe said, 
<laughs> That's funny. Um, so I right. kind of stopped because every time that I've tried to do that, it's actually gone haywire. I think I'm one of the few people on the planet that is like that. Mm. Um, but like I now am just open to the universe. Um, mm-hmm. When something is offered to me, I take it and I run with it. I don't try to control it because the more you try to control it and focus it, the less likely you are to get there and then you're going to be disappointed. Um, so I just am open to every opportunity that sort of comes up and feel blessed for that and use that as a stepping stone to whatever the next thing is. Yeah. You know, one of the things that we talked about too before that I think um, would be helpful and you know, I know I shared with you my passion yeah. around soft skills development and helping young adults um, develop those skills. And as you've talked about different ways that you're interacting with your community or with your business networking yeah. group, you've talked about, or you shared with me, there's a lot of those skills that are required in order for you to um, keep your business going. But also I think whether you have your own business or you're in your professional life or you're new to the professional world, like these skills are so important. So. Talk to me a little bit just about how you've developed some of those skills. So I'm talking about like communication, presentation, influence, like all of these things, collaboration. These are things that you've done to increase this your business and, and to further, further your mission and vision. Yeah. Um, so if you had met me 20 years ago, I didn't speak. I was the shyest, most introverted person you'd ever met. Um, I was terrified of my own shadow. Um, And when I went to Williamstown, I looked around and realized that the only way I was going to be successful is if I got out of my shell and learned to fake it. Um, And when you hear fake it, there's usually a negative connotation with it, but it's not. You can't do something until you, you know, try to do it. And when you're first starting out, you're not good. you've got to fake it till you make it. And that's literally what I did. So I looked around and said, I have got to get over myself because the only thing, the reason I'm an introvert is I'm so self of like self involved, self absorbed, self focused that I'm not realizing the fact that nobody else cares because they're focused on themselves. Um, so when I realized that, that helped me. And then I started focusing on developing my public persona. And I mentioned earlier that I sort of based it on Carrie Bradshaw and mm-hmm. Elle Woods. Um, and that sounds kind of weird, but those were kind of strangely role models for me. Elle Woods was the first time I watched some female figure in entertainment that could like pink and sparkles and still be intelligent. Right. Um, and so that was like huge for me. And then Carrie Bradshaw was just the most fabulous thing I'd ever seen when I was, you know, 20 years old. Um, so I took both of those and I started sort of like using those characters to create myself, um, which sounds weird, um, but that's what I did. And I started developing this public persona that was, you know, fashionista, but, you know, still intelligent, but kind of ditzy at the same time, but still could conquer the world. Um, and. I focused on that character that I had created to get me through public situations. Um, Because really, I wanted to curl up in a hole and not talk to anyone. I didn't want to go to that networking event. I didn't want to go to that public thing. I wanted to sit in my house, curled up, not speaking to anyone. But you're not going to get anywhere if you do that. Right. And I had big dreams. Um, So I really focused on that, and it was hard. I mean, let me tell you the number of times I would literally sit in my car having a full-blown panic attack, having to talk myself into going inside the event, going mm. inside the meeting. 
um, because I that wasn't my natural state, but I knew that I had to be. Because how many times is an introvert automatically seen as, as a bitch? Um, and it's not that you're a bitch, it's that you're shy. Right. Um, so I had to get over that. Um, so that, that for me has been really, really big with the networking and building relationships and networking is key to survival in business mm-hmm. um, and success in life. It doesn't matter what it is, networking and relationships that you get from networking yeah. are what open doors. Yeah. Um, again, when I was at Williamstown, not only did I make the big mistake with Lauren Graham, but I made a huge mistake because I was working with Michael Gray, who directed Rent, and he looked at me and said, kid, I want you to come work for me when you graduate. But the thing was, graduation was in two years, and I didn't know networking. I didn't know about building relationships. By the time I graduated, I had no way to reach him. Um, I had totally burnt that bridge without even meaning to or knowing that I had. So I realized, you know, I that building relationships, networking, you have to do it. And the way you do that is by being able to talk to people and interact and engage. And people don't want to be around people who are negative. People don't want to be around people who are victims or who lay blame on everyone else. They want to be with positive people who are go-getters. That's what makes you want to be around someone. I mean, think about it. That's who you want to be around, right? right. So that's yeah. what you need to be as well. Um, and so that has been my whole thing is to do that. And even in my darkest times, it's always been, that's not what you put out there because that's going to draw you back in and make you, you know, that is going to destroy everything you've worked for. Yeah. You know, I love what you said about the character because I do think a lot of people struggle with public speaking, even extroverts, right? Even people that are very comfortable socially or love and get energy from people can be very uncomfortable speaking in front of other people. And so I think this idea that sometimes you can take on a persona or that during that time you're sort of stepping outside and you're you're channeling i think that can really help and i i do think people are always looking for ways to make that a little bit easier for them Um, and it's interesting i have a very not as much as you do but i did um do some theater work in college and was interested in doing film as a young person and so they're having that background or being able to at least rely on some of those skills Uh, because you have to project your voice and i mean there are a lot of things that happen as a result of learning how to do those things so it's almost like a psa for people to take at least one theater class right or 100 yeah it's so funny people would come to me all the time and come to my parents and be like you're wasting your money she's going to theater school like who's you know that's not a real degree that's da 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 go be an english major (laughs) and it makes me laugh because i'm like Dude, a theater degree is like the best business degree anyone could ever get. Yeah. You learn how to speak in front of anyone. You learn how to improv your way through anything. You learn the whole make it work no matter what because the show must go on. You learn how to work with budgets. You learn how to build sets. So I can like, I can demo my bathroom, not a problem. (laughs) I've learned all sorts of skills that you don't get in normal degrees. And on top of that, you learn how to write. You learn how to, you know, because you have to that in theater school analyze things i can go into a room and read people just based on my training in theater because that's part of what you do Mm. um so it's fascinating to me when people shoot that degree down because i'm like oh honey if only you knew yeah Uh, yeah that really is one of the best business degrees you can get um you learn to work with budgets you learn every aspect of basically business guerrilla marketing you learn that in theater let me tell you mm. branding and guerrilla marketing is all you do in theater um so that is you know it's so funny to me so yeah theater 
go to school for theater. <laughs> saying that but oh my god <laughs> I love it and then this kind of ties to it because I will wrap up soon but what one of the things I like to ask people too is just as you think about and I like personally when you think about your younger self right you've talked a lot about some of your mistakes which I appreciate your honesty and transparency with that because that's where I think we grow and someone listening to this may have heard that and be more open to the next time. Or, and I think this idea of being like in a fixed space, like this is the role I'm in and this is how this construct is and I can't do anything else and really challenging your paradigm on that. But are there other things that you would, if you kind of think of yourself um, in high school, leaving high school, going to college, going to the for- workforce, like advice that you would give to your younger self and and things that you wish that maybe someone had shared with you? Um, Listen, um, that is huge. When I was younger, I thought, you know, as we all do when we're young, we think we know everything and we're gung-ho and we have insane amounts of energy and we want to go and we want to conquer the world and we should do that immediately. (laughs) And that's not the way it works. Um, I think part of the reason I had such a hard time at the theater where I was working was because I came in, you know, ready to take over I was ready um and I came just barreling in um I didn't take the time to sort of sit back observe and really see what needed to be done and how to do it I just came in you know barrels loaded ready to go uh, I think for me that would have been very helpful to be able to sit back listen and observe before jumping into the fray before mm-hmm. trying to give advice on something that I didn't know what I was trying to give advice on. Uh, so I think that's a big thing many young people face. You're so enthusiastic and you have so much energy and you think you know everything and there's so much that you're not aware of yet. Um, so I think that was huge, you know, and I mean, like I say, the, the huge mistakes of not learning how to network, not learning how to build relationships, not open and walking through the door when it's open to me. Because um, I was, I typed up my four-year plan starting college and marched into the head of the theater department's office and sat down and presented it to him when I was a freshman and he thought I was like insane. Um, <laughs> but like I was so structured, like I was, this is what we were doing. Um, and that's not the way life works. You have to be able to roll with the punches. You have to be flexible and fluid or the world's sort of going to devour you because um, you can't just be stagnant and stuck on a path. Right. Um, other opportunities are actually going to be probably better um, than the one you think you're going to do because you don't know until you're doing it. Oh my gosh. Such a good, this is like a master class from our friend Kara. <laughs> I feel like too, the thing about networking, because there's a lot of people that think of it as a bad word or that there's yeah, this like negative connotation to it. And um, on another podcast and other readings I've done, it's really like your frame of mind. And if you're a good person trying to do good things and you're trying to add value to the world, why not share that with people and make connections so that you can do more of that? And versus this idea that like it's slimy or it's only it's manipulative for a means to an end because it's not really always the case. It's really just about furthering goodness, really, if that's kind of your point of view. I see where that comes from. Um, it's funny because one of my girlfriends and I were talking about someone here and we were discussing how they're a social climber. Mm-hmm. Um, and literally they will only be nice to you or interact with you when they think they can get something from you and that they can use your status to climb up more. 
that's the bad way of networking. Yeah, yeah. That's the way that's going to come back and bite you. And, you know, karma does come back. And that that's not going to get you where you need to go. Um, you're not going to climb on someone else's back to get there. Um, networking, when it's done properly, is more about giver's gain and which is what we talk about in my BNI networking group on um, that's like our slope bin. It's about what you give, you get that back. Mm-hmm. Um, so the more you give out in networking, the more it's going to come back to you in return. Um, and it's about going about the, that type of way, bringing the light into the room, being the person who has their hand out to help and assist um, and connecting people who need to be connected. I'm not going to hold my connections to people to just me. Right. I'm going to say, oh, you need right. this person, let me connect you with them because I have a big network of people that I work with and associate with. So it's social climbing versus actual networking. Yeah. Um, and people combine those into one, I think, and see negatively on networking when in actuality that's more social climbing. Um, that That's not what you want to do. Um, it's not about what you're going to get out of it. It's what you're going to bring to the table. Um, so that's, that's sort of the difference between it. What a great perspective. I love that. I love that. We're going to have to talk to you next year. You'll be one of our annual guests. <laughs> well, I thank you so much for your time. And I appreciate really, like I said, I feel like you've had this interesting, truly interesting and unique path. And I feel like your industry is so different. And so before we um, exit, give me your like website and what you do and how people can contact you because you do travel, right? You'll travel for work even though you're housed in um, Gainesville. So tell me, tell everyone where they can find you. So my website is just carawinslow.com. Um, you can, of course, also find me on social media. Um, I have a business page on Facebook, which is Kara Winslow Makeup Artist LLC. Um, or you can find me on Instagram, and it's Kara Winslow MUA. Uh, so those are great places to reach out to me, um, follow what I'm doing as well as I would love to engage with people. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's the easiest way. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And have a great okay. afternoon. Thanks, you too. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Thank you for listening and thank you, Kara. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation and specifically how She shared in detail her approach to navigating her life's ups and downs. Uh, I thought she did a great job giving very uh, specific examples of how to work through uh, different opportunities that are presented to you. I think she's a great example of how life can be sneaky. It's not always what we think it will be or what we think is best for ourselves. And in fact, it can be even just a little bit better. A special thanks to Missy, my producer on this episode. As a reminder, if you like this discussion, please subscribe and rate Relatable on iTunes. You can also follow Teresa Freeman Associates on Twitter or like TFA on Facebook. You can also follow us on Instagram. Until next time, this is Teresa Freeman with Relatable.